Hey, Mystic Michaela, spiritual family. Welcome to Know Your Aura with Mystic Michaela. Today, a bit of a heavier topic. I'm talking about children of narcissists. What happens when you are a child of narcissistic parents and you've been subject to narcissistic parenting, how that affects you in your adult life, you know, everywhere across the board, career, relationships, your relationship with yourself. I mean, there's nowhere that's left untouched. Maybe this is you. Maybe this is a family member. Maybe this is a friend. Maybe this is a spouse. We're going to get in deep today. But first, hey, Scotty. Hey, guys. This sounds on? very deep. It's deep. No, very, but it is. It's, it, yeah. yeah it, it is. It's, it's a lot. And I tried, I'm going to be trying to cover, you know, the gist of it today. Interesting. Mm. Well, it should be very interesting to listen to. Um, I just want to mention a couple of things before we get started. Housekeeping. Um, yeah, a couple more housekeeping things. We did. I know we did a lot of housekeeping last week. You're very don't yellow. Anything. I know. Yeah, you're very yellow lately. The podcast is turning me. Are you yellow aura? Inauthentic? Ye- Do I, am I we- oh, yeah, you could tell me. Am I wearing <laughs> inauthentic yellow? Not at all. Okay. <laughs> but. You're acting a little yellow. Okay. The other day I asked you if I had any uh, purple. Yeah. What were you doing that you thought you might be purple? Now uh, that's your new thing. Yeah, you wh- always think you're inauthentic colors. Yeah. What was I doing that was purple? <laughs> I forgot now. What were you doing? I forgot. Hopefully that comes back to me. Oh, I actually totally man. forgot. But I'm like, hey, am I purple? <laughs> I was <laughs> doing something creative. Was it when you were street- oh, it was, it was, uh, I was doing some creative writing. You were doing creative writing? Yeah, creative writing. Oh, yes, you were. Yes, and you're like, I- I'm feeling really creative in my purple. Yeah. Yeah. So was that an authentic purple? Yo, you know what it was? You, I forget what you were doing specifically, but you felt creative because you were doing like funny yeah. humor writing for the podcast. Right. You know, like, you're like, you had all these ideas for this or that, and sometimes yeah. you get all excited about it, and you're like, I feel really creative right now. Is that, you know, pur- but purples aren't the, and I, you just, I need to do a podcast about how every aura color is creative. Because each aura color does have the uh, the ability to be creative, but doesn't mean that you know only purples can be creative. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like this podcast brings out the yellow and purple in me. <laughs> so maybe I'm a yellow purple. But anyway, wow, I do want, I do want to tell people that uh, to join up with the Mystic Michaela Spiritual Family on Facebook. Yes, because next the episode after this is the one that's going to air. I think on the seventeenth mm-hmm. of December, we're going to be doing a. Huge scavenger hunt. Oh, my God. It's big. It's going to be great. This is huge. Huge. We first, have first tons ever. and tons of prizes. Yes. Uh, so we'll have a lot of winners. Uh, you know, I, I can't, I don't know how many, but like 20, 20, we can have 20, 25 people win. Yeah. Okay. It could be a lot. Um, and I just, we, we're trying to get everyone prepared, mm-hmm. ready for this big uh, hunt that is going to happen. Not this episode that you're listening to now, but the next episode. Um but you have to be a member of the Mystic Michaela Spiritual Family on Facebook to play. Yeah. Uh, we're not going – it's not going to be on Instagram, so you have to go right. there to do it. Um, well, thing, no, you'll listen as you play. Yeah. You're listening to the podcast as right. you play. And right. then to submit your answers, you right. have to be over at the Mystic Michaela Spiritual Correct. Family Facebook group. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you can't uh, DM on Instagram the answers. It has to be on that page. Yeah, it'll be a post that'll be all set up. Right. And then the other thing, which will be on Instagram – is on December twelfth. We are going to be doing the. You're going to be doing the twelve twelve meditation live. Yes. The eleven eleven meditation live. That was, was insane. Huge. Yeah. No, on November eleventh, we did a meditation live on Instagram. The power of all of us coming together. Oh I get mess. I have. I actually. I waited to tell you this till we were talking on the podcast. I get so many messages from people that they're 
manifestations are starting to come true now Wow! from that. And then I did like another one um, Thanksgiving week. I did the bonus episode three is a meditation. So I tried to like piggyback off of that. So if you couldn't make it to the live, you could at least try that or at least have it for yourself. So you can try it. But on 12-12, which I'll talk about more in my posts and stories and stuff like that. Yeah, we're going to be doing another special meditation live on Instagram. All right. So join us for that. Yes. I mean, we had uh, at least a few, I think it was a thousand something people joined up. It was amazing. Uh, I mean, well over very, a thousand people. So powerful. Like, it just, was incredible. But like, like people were crying. You were like no. sweating. Everyone was like crying. Everyone was in tears. I was sweating. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my <laughs> manifestation came true. What my, was my, it? I needed some new pens and they came <laughs> next day in the mail, Amazon. <laughs> they were there. That's and, incredible. Yeah. I bought, bought my black pens. They were there. That's it. Ha- that's what I was. That's what I did. I, I go simple sometimes. Yeah, go very manageable. You, you know, then you, if you manage your expectations, it's easier to achieve. Yeah, them. yeah, that's true. Right, that's true. I mean, I, I didn't ask for you know a fountain pen. I asked for a ballpoint, <laughs> um, and that came. So anyway, a lot- <laughs> just like the cheap bics. Yeah, the cheap bags were fine. That's fine with me. I love a lot of pens. You know, I'm a pen hoarder. You okay, you guys? It's true. He's a sick, sick, sick affliction. You steal pens anywhere we go. Like you walk out, I'm like, show me your pockets. You always steal pens from anywhere, anywhere we go. Right. You're and you don't treat them special. They just get like stuck in the car. It, it, well, I can't find them ever. It's yeah. like it's like you ever like trying to write something. You can't find a pen. It's so annoying. Yeah, but you have like literally fifty in the car at all times. I. I'm going to call TLC and say I have a hoarder, a hoarder episode oh, yeah, for you. Or my affliction. strange addiction. My strange oh, yeah, that'd addiction, be better, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, a lot of people, you know, will email us. And um, a, a lot of times it's weird. You know, you know, I get the, um, I do a lot of the emailing now. Again, yellow again. Oh, wow. Um, and <laughs> it's people that write the nicest letters. Like, Aww. you know, you know, very kind in, in, their, in their writing of the letter. But they put in there that they think they're a narcissist. I know. They're like, hi, I'm so sorry to bother you. I'm sorry for everything. I'm sorry for living. I'm sorry. I'm just so sorry. Do you think I'm a narcissist? Right. And, and usually it's addressed to you. Right. And I, and I have to answer it because that's you know, what I do. But you know, even I know yeah. from the way that the letter is written yes. that you are not a narcissist. Right. So I, can, you know, I don't need to go and get you and find you to answer the questions yes. because I know myself. Like, if you're writing to me in that way or yeah. to you – you're not a narcissist. And the only person that can really tell you that, honestly, like I say, is like a licensed professional. But I do a lot of narcissist stuff because it totally affects you spiritually if you are affected by one. And to the point where if you were raised by one or around one a lot or you're married to one or God knows what, and you're an, an unaware empath, which I talk about on the Flying Monkeys episode, you will think you're a narcissist. You pick them up so much, you'll start to feel like them. Yeah, and that, and that's probably that's what what's happened. going on. Yeah, that's what's usually. going on. Mm-hmm. So usually, you know, I'll, I'll write back, you know, a nice little thing saying you're not a narcissist. But yeah. narcissists, as I've learned through doing some research, <laughs> like to come out on the holidays. Oh, they do. The reason being is because they're competing with everyone. Mm-hmm. So now they they're competing with Santa. Oh God. They're competing with Rudolph, Ugh. Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, all the rest yeah, of them. Yeah, they don't like that. The religious figures of the of the holiday. It's a, the narcissist uh, versus Jesus. Yeah, they Hanukkah, can't, Harry. If you're if you're if you're Jewish, they can't handle it. Yeah, they they just can't handle it. Yeah. So they tend to do things before the holidays or during the holiday time that might be a little bit different than the regular narcissist time of year. Right. So they, I wanted they get to go a little extra, those. you're saying. 
yeah, there's a couple of extra things they do. So okay. I wanted to go through those things with you Let's do and it. see what your, your feelings are on those. Okay. Okay. So one of the things that narcissists tend to do before a holiday is they're going to be very argumentative, mm. you know, more so. Oh, yeah. And they tend to break up with you right before the holiday starts. So maybe this would happen, let's say, you know, one hour before your Christmas Eve celebration. Oh, yeah. Um, but it, what, what, any thoughts on that? Is this something that you come into? Oh, my gosh, I see this all to? the time. Because narcissists can't handle any focus that's off of them. They're too insecure. So, like, right. if everyone's like, and they can't handle, like, vibrations, like, high vibrations that are coming from somewhere else than their own source. So instead of everybody worshiping them or or being... You know, they're like, okay, they're going to they're gonna do something, like break up with you or start their divorce nonsense. We're getting divorced or God knows what. Right. Um, so that they get your attention. Anything to just so you focus on them, negative or positive, they always have to be the center of your universe. So, yeah, that's totally a narcissist trick. But right, the thing so. is, it's not just once. And this, I just want, it's going to be every single year. This, it's, they're consistent Right. Yeah. So this is like, and also it could be like, not only just like, let's say Christmas or Hanukkah or oh something God. like that. It could be like your birthday. Any holiday. Valentine's. Any holiday, like the narcissist in the family is going to make it about them in some way. And you, and you'll feel like if you'll feel them planning for it. So a lot of empaths I see that deal with narcissists end up playing the game by just sidestepping things like all right, they're going to think this, so I shouldn't do this, so I'll do this, so I'll call eight times. And then all your energy is still wasted in the narcissist's game. Mm. That's why when you play with a narcissist, you're going to lose. You know, if you play, you lose. If you don't play, you lose. You're going to lose. So just accept it. Okay. Now, wait a second. Yeah. I'm kind of remembering that time. Oh, no. Now that we were talking about this. Yeah. That, uh, you know, when we lived back in, when I lived back in Long Island. Yeah. And it was right before New Year's Eve. It was, you know, New Year's Eve and we we're preparing. And, you know, I guess I was in a bad mood and I took it out on everybody. Yeah. And I told everyone, and I said this already on a, a previous episode of the podcast, that I was going to Roasties. Roasties is a, like a roast beef joint. So, like, screw all the holiday plans for New Year's Eve. I'm just going to go to Roasties myself. I will say this about you and New Year's Eve. You hate New Year's Eve. So you do tend to sabotage it. Well, you used, before we stopped doing anything for New Year's Eve, now we just stay in and absolutely do nothing and treat it like a regular day. Correct. Like you did used to have <laughs> like issues with it. And I, but this is more like your red issue, red right. person issue, that time is going by and you can't do anything about it. Okay. And you have an issue with your own mortality and control. All right, so basically... <laughs> That's just you. Right now, I feel I'm a narcissist on New Year's. Just on I'm a New, New Year's, Year's Eve narcissist. You are right. a New Year's Eve narcissist. I'm a New Year's Eve narcissist. Oh, my God. I just learned this about myself. You're an NYN. NYN, okay. Yeah. All right, well, hopefully I don't fall into the second one. Okay. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. 
be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. All right. The other thing is an artist will tend to exclude you mm. from a holiday event. Mm-hmm. So they might have a work party that they don't bring you to. They just might forget to give you that invitation. They're not going to bring a plus one. Um, is, is that something that you've come into contact with? Yeah, I with? see that a lot. Like, like, you know, like, just, like your spouse, like yeah. your spouse is a narcissist, and all of a sudden you're like, wait, there's a work Like everybody else's wife was there. Why didn't you invite me? Right. And then they'll project it like, well, you always look a certain way, or you don't really fit in, or they'll do something to make you feel like you're disgusting and awful and terrible, mm-hmm. and that is a narcissist thing. Or if it's like a, that's just one. I mean, there's probably so many ways this happens. Oh, like in yeah. a family event, you know, like, oh, the whole family got invited, but like one you know, but we left you out Ooh. like that kind of thing. Um, very common because again, they just want you to bite the bait and be, you know, call them out on it so they can make you feel like how they want you to feel. Which, could, they, could they even be like, Hey, I, I told you all about that. Don't oh, you remember? Can, well, they can do that too. That too? Yeah. They can lie and be like, uh, you knew and you just didn't say anything. So I assumed you didn't want to go like play that game with you. Yeah. At the bottom, the bottom line with a lot of narcissists is they're very insecure and have a very low self-worth, but they're super fragile about it. So they will use empaths to try to get um, the empath to project that on onto them so that the em- so all of a sudden you're like, you feel insecure and then you feel like you have low self-worth and then they can just like laugh at you. Okay. Uh-oh. I'm remembering again. Oh, no. So I remember a time when I didn't invite you to this all-night game of Risk that we had, Risk a board game, uh-huh. at my friend Frenchie's house. And that was about three weeks before the 4th of July. So I didn't invite you to it. Uh, I think if I remember, it was June 29th, the game that we played. I remember this. Yeah. Is that, would that be considered? I wouldn't want to go to that. Oh. At all. That okay. was when you were like 24, and I think a lot of your friends chose not to shower. Yeah, and, I, I was I was not showering at the and time. And you didn't also you also chose at that time in your life not to shower. Yeah. And I remember never wanting to go where you lived because there was no washing machine and your sheets were like the most disgusting things I've ever seen. Okay. So it's so I think I was probably and it, I'm I'm not even remembering it as something that was a triggering event for me. So I feel like right. I was totally okay with that. Okay. So it was and it was three <laughs> weeks before the holiday of uh, July. So you're 4th. wondering if you were trying to. Like July 4th has made you narcissistic on that day. Right. Because right. I, cause three weeks prior on June 29th, <laughs> right. I um, didn't invite you. It's just funny you mentioned the 4th of July thing because we had that friend, remember? And, and she was married to such a narcissistic guy. Yeah. And he like made the biggest deal about 4th of July. Remember? And like the biggest works. Oh my God. He had, the, he had to have the biggest fireworks display. And like whether you were invited or not was like a big deal. And it was on the street, like a neighborhood street. So, like, I mean, just the person next door might just stop out and watch because that's their street too. And then, like, they weren't allowed to be there or whatever. Remember that? Yep. That was so funny. And then um, he was just crazy. But All I right. just remember that. Narcissists are funnier if you don't know them. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Like so well. All right. Another thing that the the narcissist does like to do during the holidays. I love how we say the narcissist. The narcissist. uh, Is elaborate gifts. Oh. Uh, This could also be kind of like we talked about last week, love bombing. Mm. I did notice that Kramer uh, gave our receptionist (laughs) a car. Oh. Yeah. She's driving a new car now. Oh. Yep. Okay. He's flashy. uh, And the other thing is they always like to tell you about the price. Mm-hmm. And they always <laughs> like true. you to bring, uh, and they always like to bring up the gift later on. 
Oh my god! So they always like to tell you the price. Yes. Sometimes they leave the price tag on. Oh my god! Yes, they'll do that. Uh, and they like to to bring it up when they can. And they like to tell you like later too, like oh, you know, I couldn't get groceries that week because I got you that gift. Right. Or, that's one way. Or money's funny with narcissists with gifts and stuff because it can go either way. Mm-hmm. Like they, I should do a separate episode about money and narcissists because that's like another way narcissist parents control their kids. They're like, here's here's a car, here's jewelry, here's money, here's an income, here's this, here's that, here's it, all this stuff. But like really they do it to look like like you're just something they can afford to do that for, you know? So like they'll give you the car in front of people or the, you know, or the, the elaborate gift at the family event. And mm-hmm. they'll, you know, it's, it's really not about you. It's about everybody watching them do it. Right. Um, but then there's the other, and you know, and I think like the whole thing is, is if you leave everyone, Oh, what a wonderful father you have. Oh, he's so amazing to you. Look at this. And you're just in your head. Like he's just doing this for his own ego. It wasn't about me. Um, or it can go the other way. Like they do absolutely nothing for you or in like a large setting, they give you like a really terrible gift and everybody else gets really nice gifts yeah. in the family. And then you have to sit there and it's your turn to open the gift and it's like awful. Like it's like a broken something on clearance or like whatever. And you just, and then, cause they want you to sit there and be ungrateful. Like they want you to sit there and be like, wow, really? Like they got, you know, this awesome gift card to the steakhouse and I got like these socks, like that's equivalent. They mm-hmm. want you to do that so they can be like, oh, you're ungrateful. Wow. Look at you. <laughs> like they, you know, they, yeah. that's always a setup. That's so funny. But yeah, the, the price tag, you know, they yeah. tell you all oh, day did, about yeah, it. Yeah. They can't let it go. Yeah. They keep it up. But yeah. Put it on re- did you tell your friend? Did you see what I got you? Yep. Did it all that? Well, I do remember that time oh. that I got you that special gift. It was quite pricey okay. because I had it engraved <laughs> and the engraving cost an extra five ninety nine. I know what you're talking about. It was an ornament <laughs> that said Merry Christmas, Megan. Does Things it, Remembered it, still things exist? Things Remembered, I don't think Do, it exists. Does still, no. Is that still around? I haven't been to a mall be. in it years. I remember it was our first Christmas together and you were like, I got you something, but I have to wait to pick it up. And, you know, I guess it, I was, what was I? 18 so i was really naive and i'm oh my god what did he get me oh my gosh he's you know he's got to engrave it he went like three times to go get it and like what is this and he's making because you made kind of a big deal about it and i remember my sister being like don't get too excited well and it was i guess she was right it was nice that we still have it it's on the tree it's on on the tree merry christmas love scott we'll have to take a picture of it and put it on yeah but i just i think just I got so excited I in my know. 18 year old brain. Like, what's he doing? And then I'm like, oh my gosh. And then the day came and oh, he's giving me the, he's a special gift that he went like eight times, made such a big deal about. Oh and it gosh. was just like kind of an ornament. All right. I, I mean, now I'm feeling I'm a, I'm, I'm a narcissist. <laughs> well, on I think the you're just oblivious. And it was a lovely gift. And I think that was just me being all 18 about it. Well, wait till you read the next one I have down okay. here. Okay. Now you're really going to think I'm a narcissist. Oh. Using the holiday season to gain sympathy. So you tell oh. sob stories. You tell how about your how your holiday was terrible. You tell how you went down <laughs> to the to to have a lobster dinner by yourself. You know th- this is just getting worse for me here. Um, so how badly you were treated, things like that, is another thing. They'll they'll t- they'll come out with their holiday sob stories, which I did a couple weeks ago on you the podcast. You did about Thanksgiving. Oh, oh Scott, this isn't looking good this for you. This is not looking good. Yeah. Let's go on to the next one. Okay. Um, setting up great gestures, mm. but then not coming through. Oh, my gosh. So you are, oh, yes. Huge plans. Yes. They God, want 
Yeah. yeah. They want the thank you. Yes. So they'll say like, hey, I'm getting you, um, I don't know. A trip a, to Aspen. A trip to Aspen for, you know, we're all going to go this Christmas. Right. I, you know, that's what, you know, are, would you be okay with that? Does that, you know, are the dates going to work out? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Everybody, yes, yes. Oh, yes. This is great. This is great. And then all of a sudden it's like, it didn't happen and you get nothing. But if you mention like, hey, you made a big deal about that. They're like, wow, you're so ungrateful. <laughs> <laughs> like that kind of stuff. And I mean, that's like, that's like an over the top one, yeah. but even like a little, like so they can do that with little things too. Right. Like, if, like, oh, I'm going to get you these sneakers that you really want. You're like, oh my gosh, thank you. Are you sure? And then and they the- get you like the off brand pair that you didn't quite want. And maybe you're 12 and it matters to you. Like what pair? Oh things God. like that, you know? And I, and then, but if you say something like mom or dad, nobody's doing this or you said this or you said I couldn't. Wow. You're ungrateful. Wow. Yeah. But again, consistency. And that's yes. the thing. They want you to look like you're an ungrateful person and they're struggling with money or, or this is a one-time thing. If, you yep. have, if you're a child of a narcissistic parent, <laughs> this is your entire flipping life. This yeah. is your whole life. And people don't get that. So you can sound like a total ingrate so you never share your stories. Right. You know, because you you'd already know how people are going to react. So you don't bother, which is why so many empaths who are children of narcissists just keep quiet about this oh stuff. Well, I remember that time oh. that I wanted to go to a family reunion <laughs> in Putten Bay, Ohio. <laughs> and we were all going to go. <laughs> and we talked about it. Every detail from the golf cart we My were going to rent. My dad's going to kill you. Yeah, your dad's going to kill me. <laughs> and we did everything in our minds from getting on the ferry. Oh, you were like, and I really, you know, here's one thing. I was trying, I, you got to get over that. That I, was 17 ish. This is not ago. actually me. This is somebody else that did this. Oh, this was okay. your, your dad did this to us. Yes. To the, your dad did this to me. <laughs> this, he did. You know, he promised this huge trip. I was so excited to go. I'd never been to Putten Bay. I still have not been to Putten Bay. Putten I would Bay. love to go to Where's Putten that, Bay. Ohio? If the governor of Putten Bay is listening, could you governor. please? I don't know if they have a governor. Mayor, 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 governor. Isn't it in mayor. Ohio? Yeah, it's in Ohio. Yeah. yeah. All right, the mayor of Putten Bay. Mm. If you can get me on that island. All expenses paid. Golf cart. <laughs> golf cart golf? has to come with you it. You really want that golf cart. I want that golf cart. Because this was promised to me. Oh, my God. You looked into that before there was such thing as internet. Yes. So I don't even know how you know all about it. In, and you know what? You know, and this was your dad had said that we were going to yeah, go. That's and funny. just he, It didn't pull He's it off. He's so mad at you. But the, you know what the, the craziest part about this? What? We've heard this was like, it was a crazy time. Like, because your dad's, it was your dad's relative. Yes, they're fun. And it's like his relative Petey and all yeah, these guys. Yeah, they're super Irish. Yeah. And your dad tells, they told him what happened. Then, yeah. And he was like, like I heard it was wild like a wild time. And I didn't I know. know any of these people, but I just wanted to go. No, they're, they're fun. They're fun peoples. All right. We got two more. Okay. And then we'll That's move on with our uh, ads and then your, your speech. You're kind of making it about yourself though. Have you noticed that? Yes. Like this whole list, you've kind of made it about you. That's what I'm saying. I think I am oh a narcissist in the holidays. Oh. I'm, I'm one. It comes out of me. It comes out. The perfect facade oh perfect tree perfect holiday lights everything's perfect the turkey is perfect oh the yes. decorations you might even say there's a holiday light fight going on on oh, your block oh my gosh they they're the best they're the best parent in the whole world yep they, they do the best lights yeah. everything they go caroling they have marshmallow roasts that's right they do it all everything's perfect and i remember that time where i bought an extra inflatable for the for the lawn to try to compete. Oh my god, yeah. that's sad. Extra flatable. Bought that's an extra sad. flatable. We're not really great at the nah. lights. No, we're yeah. ter- we are terrible at the lights. Yeah. We've had, you know, some of your fans come by to look at the house. <laughs> well, they don't. That and would they be see creepy. our light. So they're like they don't they're not fans anymore. 
<laughs> they're like, you know what? We uh, lost faith in that. Yeah, they didn't do such a we great job. We just aren't good with like yeah. lights. But no, yes, that's true. They yes. want to make the holiday look the So yeah. this is where social media really screws everyone up. I think by now we can tell who the fakers are. I think like if you have to put up 400 pictures of your of your Christmas party, um, maybe not this year because of the corona and stuff, but if you have like 400, you know, 400 pictures, oh, you know, we're all making a pie, we're all doing this, we're all this, like smiles, ugly sweater contest, like it's a lot. Yeah. And you're just like, it makes you feel all crappy inside. You're like, wow, they're really great. That's their point. Yeah. You know, that is their point. Narci- the narcissist's greatest brush right now is social media they love to just use it man man man. all right next year we'll get those lights better i would give us right now you know because we rate movies christmas movies on crystals i would give us one out of five crystals what would you give us i don't know the spirits that last we got a cat inflatable and that thing i give it a five we got a cat we got a christmas cat we got a christmas cat blow up and it's flipping awesome we have frosty all right last one here yeah they're going to get you on something small, mm, minor. They're waiting. Yes. They're waiting, so lying everything and Everything is perfect. The ham was great. Mm-hmm. Everybody's been giving out gifts. Everyone's around the, the piano singing oh, yeah. Silent Night, Rumpa Pump Pump, you know, the, the Bob Seger song. <laughs> Bob, Bob Seger has the best version of that. Uh, <laughs> and then you do something very small. Like you for, you know, they want a glass of water and they're sitting in their chair and you just don't get it for them. Oh. Or, you know, something yep. like obscure they're that they want. They're waiting on you. You know, could you get my socks out of my you yeah. know, drawer and put them on me? Oh, yeah. That'd be weird. And, uh, but, but they're going to yeah. get you on that. They'll get you on something. Yeah. Like, oh, you didn't help with the dishes or who knows what. Like, they will sit there and they're lying and wait. And I'll tell you, the ones that care are the ones getting attacked. So if yeah. you're a child of a narcissist and you just have that vibe where you're like, oh my God, because the thing with being a child of a narcissist is you cannot handle people being upset with you. You just can't because your whole life, which I'll go into, was totally dependent on other people's feelings about you. So yeah, they're just waiting and they're just waiting for you to do one thing so they can be victimized and you can be the perpetrator. Yeah. And, and you I ruined Christmas and I've been ruined. All this work I did, it's not, it's not done until there's a fight. And you know, I remember that time we're at a party, pretty much all strangers. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'd done a lot of work the day before I power washed my own roof. Ooh. And I was just sitting there and my, my, my back was hurting. My shoulders were hurting. There was this nice gentleman next to me. And oh. I, I asked him, hey, man, could you give me a back massage? I don't remember this. Uh, I didn't know what that would, that, you know, that was Jebediah. Oh, that's, my God. That's the origin story. Yeah, that makes no, yeah. that, it doesn't really feed in with any of this. No, it doesn't. All right, so. <laughs> Basically, I'm kind of a narcissist on the holidays. Maybe I am a little You're bit. You're a New Year's Eve narcissist. Let's go to the uh, sponsors. All right. So, hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> on that note. <laughs> on that note, we have to talk. Okay. So, thank you again for always supporting our uh, sponsors when you can. It helps our podcast so much. Um, Modern Fertility is one that I'm really inspired by. What if I told you you could get important fertility insight without going to the doctor or even leaving home. Modern fertility makes that possible with easy at-home fertility uh, hormone testing. Like I, I've said this a million times, I'll say it again. At least, I don't know, how, so many people, several people a week I talk to in readings, they, they're having questions about their fertility issues. Can I, can't I, what's going on with me? You know, I think it helps you get a grasp on things. And, and if you have the information and it comes to your house, you know, you don't have to leave. You don't have to deal with waiting rooms. You don't have to deal with being stressed out in those types of environments. It's literally just 
in the comfort of your own home. So that's why modern fertility was created. It's the easy and affordable way to test your fertility hormones with a single finger prick at home. And then you mail it in with a prepaid label and you'll get your personalized results within 10 days. So it's just answers to you. Traditional testing with your doctor is super expensive. It can cost over $1,000, but modern fertility only costs $159 to get the same information. And if you go to modernfertility.com slash KYA, you get 20 bucks off your test. Also, if you have an HSA or an FSA, you can use those dollars on modern fertility. You'll get insight into how many eggs you have or hormone levels, all sorts of other important fertility factors. The results go deep into what every hormone means and what you, um, you can also talk to this fertility nurse one-on-one to review your results and options for some next steps. So it's just gets you kind of like, it's that step to get you launched into, okay, I'm ready to deal with it. Let's just go. It's $139 with this coupon. Let's just do it. If you want kids today, or maybe one day in the future, or you're like me and you just want to know what's going on with your body right now, you need information to make the decision that's best for you. So right now, Modern Fertility is offering our listeners $20 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com slash KYA. That means your test will cost $139 instead of the hundreds or thousands it could cost at a doctor's office. So get $20 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash KYA, modernfertility.com slash KYA. Question for you. Yes. Do you think modern fertility could do that for elves on the shelf what do you mean because i think our elf lizzie might be pregnant no they're not allowed to reproduce Are you I, sure? I absolutely refuse our elves to reproduce okay because i think lizzie's pregnant that's disturbing yeah. it's so disturbing i mean i'm a visualizer so i don't know how that happened well, we have another one ernie okay that's like i said happens. i'm a visual i can't <laughs> i mean they're very close i mean that's You've disturbed us all. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. Let's go to the next one. (laughs) Segway into frame bridge. Sorry. (laughs) I will say this. I used frame bridge recently. I got the biggest picture you could actually. (laughs) It is basically the entire wall. It's crazy because you upload a photo like from your phone. Okay, yeah. or like there's other ways to do it too, which I'll get into. But I, like you just upload, you pick the frame and size, but Scott got a little like you were a little disturbed by well, my choice. I mean, there's like Roman frescoes <laughs> the size of this. It's like it's almost like the size of the Sistine Chapel or like the School the, of Athens. Don't where to put it. We found a spot. Uh, we we actually are going to buy a new house now. I was like, I need a new house. I always wanted a picture above a fireplace. Well, I don't have a fireplace, but I no. still got the picture. It's like that big. Anyways, it's beautiful. The it frame's is. gorgeous. Like, you love it. Um, the the quality of the photo because they had to blow it up a bit. Yeah. I mean, it looks perfect from a thumbnail photo or something. Yeah, right? it was. Yes, yeah. and it's like absolutely gorgeous. So, FrameBridge makes it easier and more affordable than ever. Super affordable to frame your favorite things without ever leaving the house. From art prints and posters to the photos sitting on your phone, you can frame bridge just about anything. FrameBridge is also the perfect way to give easy and thoughtful gifts, which my relatives will know this year because I did. There, you're getting it. In just minutes, you can turn a photo from your phone into one of your best gifts ever. Just go to framebridge.com and upload your photo. That's it. It's like as easy as that. There's tons of frames to choose from. Or they'll send you packaging to safely mail in your physical pieces and then they'll do it for you. Preview your item online in dozens of frame styles and gallery wall layouts. So there's no... 
questions. Like I knew I was getting the biggest one. I chose it. Choose your favorite or get free recommendations from the talented designers. The experts at Framebridge will custom frame your item and deliver your finished piece straight to you or anyone on your list. They'll send it right to you. That's what I'm doing. Um, A handcrafted personalized gift from Framebridge starts at only $39 and all shipping is free and it's shipped so well, I have to tell you. Um, Plus my listeners will get 15% off their first order at framebridge.com when they use my code KYA. Very cool stuff. So get started today. Frame your photos or send someone the perfect gift. Go to framebridge.com and use promo code KYA to save an additional 15% off your first order. Just go to framebridge.com, promo code KYA. That is framebridge.com, promo code KYA. And you can get a littler photo than I did, or you can get my huge photo. Right. Well, think- now speaking of all the packaging, that is now a home for the elves. They actually have a mansion. It's true. So my daughter's. Now you know why <laughs> Lizzie true. and Ernie are living the dream. Because Be- Abby took the, the huge you- box yeah. from this huge frame bridge package right. I ordered, and she made like an elf mansion yes, out of it. Yeah, there's an elf mansion. Oh my god, you're right. They, they have they have a sauna. They have a pool. no. They do. She yeah. They have all a this. huge mailbox. <laughs> uh, they they have like a tree she house. That, bo- that box was. Got more play than any dollhouse right. or object or toy in years. The, well, yeah, I mean, just get Framebridge for the box. Just get the box. It's a yeah. great box. Yep, sure is. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. So let me start off by saying, all families are dysfunctional. It's totally normal, actually, to not have a normal family. Everyone has something. Why? Because we are humans raising humans. So we will, of course, make mistakes. And for the most part, we do come from imperfect people and we are imperfect ourselves. And a lot of the aura reading work I do via spirit is about this. It's programming. It's separating what you were taught to be, who you were taught to be, and the roles you were taught uh, that were best suited for you may not all be correct. And the realization of this and the separation of this I can see in aura color. And basically, this is what I try to do on this podcast and in my readings and anywhere I can, because basically that's the point of this whole aura thing for me. Um, Because when you know who you are, you can align to your soul contract goals immediately, and then life happens at a higher vibration, thus creating a wonderful life for you and the people around you and society in general. Just living authentic um, does take work for any single one of us, no matter how happy or awful your childhood was, you have to just Take a step back and be like, okay, what did they teach me versus what is me? And just take that that separation. It's a step we all go through. It's transformative to do that. And we've all been there. Today, though, I'm talking about dealing with a narcissistic parent. And that's a different type of look at things than I would say most other people. If you have a narcissistic parent, this isn't as simple, which isn't simple at all, but isn't as simple as just a regular imperfect parent. It's something which messes with your spiritual, mental, and physical body to the point of complete absorption into the narcissist. And I will see it go one of two ways for the children of the narcissist. Either they are aware of it or they become it. And sometimes, even if they're aware of it, they were at one point part of it, or they were it, or they became it without understanding. They're unaware. 
Because to survive with the narcissistic parent, you have to take ownership of every single fault and every single pride that belongs to them. You are no longer you. You are an extension of them. You are not a person. A person. You are an appendage of their ego. And the most insulting thing you can do to the narcissist is exist separately from them, is to be your own separate person, is to do anything which creates a boundary between them and you. So you either break from it or you become it. There is no in-between. And that's hard. And that is not what most people have to deal with with their parent units. In episode number six, I do talk a lot about narcissists and their traits in more specificity. So I talk about like, because any aura color can be narcissist. It just, it displays differently based on the aura color. And I would say around the 20 minute mark of episode six, like I know this because I've sent so many people there, I go right into how each aura color displays narcissism if they're narcissistic, just so we have that. But moving forward. Narcissistic parents live through their child. They are possessive of them and even competitive. The thought of their child living an independent life is quite simply a threat to them. They will only allow the child to receive love if they are existing in the shadow of the narcissistic parent. And over time, you learn deep down at a very young age, you are only lovable as a servant to their ego. Not as yourself, not with your own ideas, not with anything you do. Anything that you are or become or have, you have to accredit to them 100%. That is living with a narcissistic parent and then it extends to your adult life, which I will get into. Listen, there are many parents who push their kids who live vicariously through them or who have super high expectations um, that can be toxic or dysfunctional and like obviously affect a person in their life moving forward. But the narcissistic parent's different. The narcissistic parent does not see the child as an individual. That's the first thing. You're not a person to them. They, they see their children as objects that exist only to serve their own ego. They have no outside identity from that. Any independent thought, any success, any moment where the child is on his or her own becomes fodder for criticism, abuse, or ridicule. In short, there is no room for the child to be special. Only the narcissist can be special. And if there is an occasion where the child is special, they are ashamed for it. And the child learns early on to avoid being special, to avoid in all areas of life to stand out. And as they grow, this just parlays into relationships with all people. They attract other narcissistic relationships where they can continue to live in a shadow, be invisible, avoid the spotlight, you know, at work or in love or in the family or anywhere. They avoid feeling special anywhere in their life. They simply become invisible. They were taught something which now lives deeply inside their subconscious that the only way they are lovable is if they are invisible scaffolds of the egos to others. You're only worth something if you're holding up other people's perceived identities and protecting them from criticism or feeling unsuccessful. Um, it's crazy because I'll see this, I'll even see this, uh, I, you know, I do so many readings and it always goes back to childhood, but usually the reading will start with like my ex-husband, okay? And I'm, I have the kids and, 
you know, he says all these things to the kids about me. And obviously the ex is a narcissist. And I still see them protecting the narcissistic ex. You know, they'll let the narcissist ex say all sorts of horrible things about them to the children. But when they get the kids, they don't, not that you have to say horrible things, but you can have your own, you know, I don't like how daddy spoke to me today. I do not agree with how mommy said this to this person. That is not a belief that I myself, you know, they don't speak up for themselves because they're still protecting the other person because that's what you're taught. And it always goes back to, they probably had a narcissistic parent. You were somewhere along the line taught as a, a child of a narcissist to, that your only value is to really um, protect, 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 and block. Even when you don't like them, like that's what you do. I am in, like, by the way, obviously in no way a psychologist or psychiatrist or a professional on any of this. I don't diagnose people or anything. I just look at this from an energetic perspective because, like I said, I see in many readings people have suffered from parents who are going through things. Um, Maybe, you know, parents were self-centered growing up or childlike or they have their own wounds that they get triggered by. I see parents who have struggled with addiction and mental health issues or who are just very closed off to emotion. And, yes, this affects the child 100%. And I see this all the time, you know, as they become adults and they're getting a reading now. Um, I just see it, how it affects the person spiritually. And that's what I'm talking about today, the spiritual uh, effects of this. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The difference I would say with narcissists, the narcissistic parent versus just, you know, someone who went through some stuff, um, is the absolute intention that they are right all the time, the absolute intention that they complete, completely believe themselves to be correct, and that they do not wish their child's happiness or safety over their own. That's a, like, they don't, they don't see their child as a person. That's... And it's consistent. It's not just like a phase or the mom went through something and then she came, she snapped back out of it. No, it's like all the time. Like they are consistent. And furthermore, the narcissistic parent will work to make sure everyone sees the exact flipping opposite, okay? So oftentimes these children are so infused in the narcissist's parent's life that people may constantly say like, oh, how lucky you are. How lucky you are to have so-and-so as a mom or dad or whatever. And in actuality, the, you know you know that there's no escaping this facade that they put on. And furthermore, you're supposed to support it. Oh, yes. People think like parents of narcissists, I mean, sorry, children of narcissists, they're like best friends or they have this great relationship. That's just a facade. Like, yeah, they're close because it's like a really manipulated relationship. Um, or, like I said, there's a total shut off of the relationship. That's when like estrangement happens. So it's one or the other with the narcissistic parent. So the narcissist, according to the DSM, which is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, exhibits five or more of the following. So five or more of the following is usually exhibited by a narcissist, just so we know what we're dealing with here. So a grandiose sense of self-importance, like they have 
oh, you know, like they have stories from their past. Like I was, I was the best, you know, maybe you got a lead in your choir. Okay. Like maybe you're 16 and oh my gosh, you got the lead in choir. Oh, when I was 16. Okay. Here's mom. When I was 16, I was in all the plays and I did 10 times what you did. <laughs> you know, Like little things like that. Um, you know, you get a job somewhere and then you get a promotion, you know, you're, you're 28. I got a promotion. Oh, when I was your age, I had already had three promotions that, you know, anything like always, the one-upper, self-important, grandiose, I made all the money, I filled this, I did this, I'm your hero, right? Aren't I your hero? Like, all the time, grandiose. Um, Preoccupation with fantasies of unlimited success, power, brilliance, beauty, or ideal love. Oh, everyone hits on me. I can't go anywhere with everyone falling in love with me. Everyone falls in love with me. Or, oh, I got asked to do this, but I turned it down because, you know... um, you know, they didn't get asked to do anything, but like, let's say you get asked to do something. Oh yes, I've been asked to do that, but I didn't want to like sell out or whatever, or I didn't want to be away from the children. So they'll, they can kind of like, if you have something going on, they'll go over it and tell you how, oh, I could have done that too, but like I didn't because, you know, I chose, you know, basically saying you're selfish. So that's like a big thing too belief that one is special and can only be understood by or associate with special people or institutions. This is like, I'm better than everybody else. The narcissists truly believe, like they just feel like they're better than everyone else. Like uh, they'll go to Disney World and look around and critique um, the people there. Oh, this place is such for, I mean, just because I've heard this from so many people um, who were dating. There's something about Disney World and narcissists. Okay. Like, let's just go through that real quick. I just read so many people, like their spouses, who if they had a narcissistic spouse would like always put down people at Disney World or um, just the way that they parent or dress or the their bodies and things like that. Uh, they felt better than the people at Disney World. They love to go there and just put people down. I don't know what it is about Disney that triggers narcissists. It's a thing. I want to know if I'm correct about that. Like, this is my limited scope just (laughs) doing readings. But this is something that is so consistent, it has to be a thing. I feel like narcissists have a real issue with Disney World. I don't know what... I don't know. I need more research. Um, But yeah, but like, aside from that, like, they feel they are the most special and they can only be friends with other people who are special. A need for excessive admiration... You know, they need adulation. You're so beautiful. You're so thin. Did you lose weight? Oh my gosh, you're so handsome. Everybody everybody was looking at you. Did you see how they were paying attention when you walked in the room? They need that. A sense of entitlement or special treatment. I went in to get my nails done. They better all be lining up to see me. And I had to wait five minutes at the doctor's office. Not, no, I don't think so. Um, You know, just walking into... The manager, did you see how they dismissed me? I asked for ranch dressing three times. Get over here, waitress. You know, I give me eight more straws. It, it just the way that they talk to people is very off-putting. Exploitation of others, um, money, you know, their users, con artists, um, sex, uh, you know, they use people for that, use people for anything, like to get, take me here, take me there. They don't feel bad about it. They just use people all the time. Depending on what their preferences are in life, they'll just, you know, exploit people. A lack of empathy. They'll pretend to have empathy, though. They'll pre- they will. They'll pretend to have empathy. But then when it comes down to it, they really don't. So um, it, it's, it's just, you'll see 
they have empathy for themselves, <laughs> but when it comes to other people, they just put that away. They don't extend their own self-interests to possibly like other people having the same self-interests. Envy of others or the belief that one is the object of envy. Okay, so did you see my sister-in-law? She's going away again. All that money. All that, but you know, and then she'll say something critiquing about it or or dad saying, um, narcissistic father, maybe saying something. But you hear this growing up your entire life. And when you're a kid, you believe it. You believe it when you're a kid. This is like dogma. This is doctrine. This is, you believe this stuff to be true. And I'm going to get into this later. Then you become defensive of it. So when you have a friend or a spouse, I was like, what are you talking about? Your mom's not like this so great. You're like, what are you, <gasps> don't say that, you know, because that was your whole life. You know, oh, everyone's jealous of me at work. That's why I didn't get promoted. They're jealous. They know I'm better than them. That's why I don't get the clients and they took them. They're all, it's a conspiracy against me. Arrogant, haughty behavior or attitudes. Just the better the better than thou kind of thing, no matter what. They do not put that down. Um, yeah, so five or more of those. They typically have the thing is with narcissists is they, they typically have a very low self-esteem and a terrible need for constant admiration and adulation because of it. So when they have children, it's like the perfect storm here. It's the perfect case scenario for the narcissist can happen. They literally created a fan base. They biologically created a fan base. Um, A total caregiver of all their ego needs. A person who will be survival dependent upon pleasing them. What, you have a kid? They're survival dependent on you. Like, you're an infant. You're one, you're two. Like, that's your world. Like, how mom or dad reacts to you. That's, like, everything. And they can create a machine, basically, where they are completely caretaken by their children without giving them any credit for that, by the way. Um, yeah, so that's a person, this child becomes totally survival dependent upon pleasing them. They, you know, they have their mother's or father's love. You know, they, they use it, they manipulate that towards the child um, for their own emotional voids. That's, I think we fail, and that's what it is, is like if you have a narcissistic parent, this goes deep. This goes so deep. And as I'm going to get into, you don't know anything different from it. So if you grew up like this, you have to relearn what love is because you don't know what it is right now. And that's something that you probably, if you're listening to this, you probably already have an idea just based on enough patterns that have gone on for you that haven't worked out. Another thing which really separates um, narcissistic parents from other types of parents is that they don't want the child to be independent or successful. You know, most parents are like, oh my God, please get a job. <laughs> like, please get a job. Please get a job and be successful. And oh my God, I can brag about you to my friends and I'm just going to be so proud of you and I can put all your pictures and your awards up and everything. Nope, that's not what it is. Like, they'll pretend to be like that um, to other people. But to you... They turn, they twist it. So it's like, oh, you're going to school? You're going away to school? Oh, that's, you're going to leave us? Or you're going to do this? You're going to do that? Oh, you're, you're doing, my mother's dying. You're going to school this semester? Well, your grandmother's sick. I need you home. Little things like that, that you would never 
Now, you know, maybe at the time you don't get it, but maybe you you grow up, you see different situations, you have kids of your own. You're like, my God, the things I was asked to do that I would never ask my own child to do. Well, that's because you are not supposed to do things for yourself. You're supposed to be a constant support system. And like I said, life happens. So I'm not talking about like just once in a while, like let, you know, something's going on, mom's sick, you have to be there for you drop everything. No, this is all your life your entire life, it's consistent. It's not just like once in a while because life happens. It's consistent. And they'll make it look like it's a life or death scenario. It's just that it's all the time. That's the difference. Um, yeah. But then they'll also twist it to make it look like you're not coming. You know, oh my God, she wasn't there for me during this. And like, you know, from the outside perspective, which they've created you to be dependent on, upon, um, you look like a terrible child if you're a child of a narcissist they will say that is a punishment which i'll get into so so yeah so you you know you won't ever find them like bragging about their child so much you'll find them bragging about how their child is successful because of them because of what they did or how they themselves parented the child um or because how this child oh she got it from me you know you know she got it from me or he got it from you know he got it from me you you notice these caveats, these little these little Easter eggs when someone's talking. You'll the narcissists show themselves; they're very predictable. Um, yeah, there's no credit ever given to the child of a narcissist, and the child learns that they are completely and utterly worthless and void of any value unless they're supporting the parent. Like you get a Nobel Peace Prize, mm, well, you weren't here for Christmas, were you? You know, like it just it's just whatever it is, they bring it back to them. You only get praise if you support the narcissist. The best praise you get is doing something for the narcissistic parent. Like making them toast and bringing it to them will get you more freaking praise than getting like your master's degree. Okay. Like that, I'm I'm not, that's how it works. Like, okay, good job. I can't make it, you know, whatever. But oh my God, you make me, nobody cooks for me like you do. Nobody does. you You see the praise is in the wrong spots. The pray, you get the praise for showing them love, not the praise for doing something for yourself or your family or for, you know, something that works for you in your life as you grow. So the damage to the child of a narcissist is strong. There are so many examples. They hide themselves. So if you are someone, you know, if you are someone dealing with this or you're somebody, you know, you know somebody dealing with this, like it's your spouse or your friend, um... It's important to understand that at first, it's not clear. Like the child of a narcissist does not know what a normal relationship looks like. So this could be you, this could be your spouse, this could be a friend of yours. This is so important to understand and give empathy to, whether you're trying to help yourself, like I said, or a spouse or a friend, like they don't know what normal is. You might not know what normal is. And the ego, which is the human part of us that likes everything to stay the same, can get very defensive at first when digging under these layers of abuse that the narcissistic parent has had years to inflict. Because it's enmeshed with their utter being that they don't have any sort of clarity as to the way things are without this manipulation. Like I said, like you were hearing your whole life, this dogma, like, you know, everyone's jealous of mom, mom's the best one, mom's the most special, mom's this, mom's that, oh, everybody's, you know, mom's victimized by people who are jealous of her and this, and then when you, you know, your, your husband is like, uh, your mom's not that great. It's like, oh, don't say that. How could you say that? And then if you don't stop to look at it and be like, oh my God, wait a second, it could cause problems in your own relationships. So you got to give them a little bit of space, a little bit of time, a little bit of understanding as they deal with it. Which leads me to the first thing, boundaries. 
those raised by narcissists like don't have them. So what are boundaries? Boundaries are barriers between you and like your outside environment. It's the thing that can help us to like stand in our truth, to do what's best for us, even though we know others might not approve. It's the thing that helps us seek our own self-interests when necessary for success or love or basic survival. Well, when you are a child of a narcissist, that's the first thing that's taken away. There are no boundaries. Your body, your mind, your very essence is theirs from day one for the taking. Their self-esteem is so low if they are denied even the tiniest thing from their children that they want. I mean, you know, it's unthinkable. Like the child will feel completely unlovable. They, they just give, 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 give whatever you need. I, I'm, I'm here for your taking. I'm an, I'm an, I'm a well for you to just take from. Drain me. That's what they were taught. That's how they were taught to be lovable. So there are no boundaries. So it, you know, the thing is, is like how you were parented is how the world treats you. You know, so if that's how you were parented, then you go out to work or you have friends or you have love relationships and it's just going to keep happening until you see it. People just take, 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 take. Um, yeah, so you, I mean, and you can take this in many ways. There are so many ways a narcissist parent, depending on their own levels of abusive intent, can take it. Um, you know, sexual, physical, mental, verbal abuse. It, it depends, you know, on, on that individual's intention. There's obviously a spectrum of how bad this is going to be. I've read all sorts of bad, okay? like, the, And so it, it gets pretty disturbing on some levels. I had a reading with a woman who was severely beaten by her mother her entire life. And this woman beat her every day. And it wasn't what you would even call, like, air quote, normal, air quote, maybe, beatings, which I don't think that exists, but... Maybe in certain generations it does, like little swats on the bottom or something like that. No, this was severe beating every day. And you'd never know it looking at this woman. I mean, my client, she's beautiful. She's got children. She works. She's together. She's Because the people who are really hurt in life, man, they, um, at first, before they deal with it, they know how to swallow that. And she did. And so the mother, the mom, such a narcissist, you know... She has to cook for her mother. Every week, This the mom comes over to her daughter's home. Um, the mom still critiques and ridicules. Uh, says her daughter doesn't do enough for her. You know, still abusing her, not physically, but verbally and emotionally and whatnot. Um, the mother never says thank you, never does a thing. And the daughter just swallows it, always swallows the anger. But you know what? She had a kid. Okay, so now she has a son. And the mom started, you know, she is starting with the grandson, getting on his actual level and trying to take away his boundaries. The little boy who is about three, like didn't want to hug her or play or like do whatever. I mean, he's three, you know what I mean? And I always say like, if somebody gets personally offended by a child, there's something wrong with them. Like that's like right there, red flag. If someone's like pissed off that a three-year-old won't hug them or something or a kid or six or seven or any age, it's a kid. Move on. Like, there's something wrong with you, okay? Well, the granddaughter saw this. I'm sorry. The grandmother saw this as her grandson needing discipline, and she swatted him, like, on the bottom and critiqued her daughter's parenting. Well, all of a sudden, the daughter, this was, this what she had the epiphany. It happened. There it was. And I see this a lot with child, with the child of a narcissist. They won't see it happening to themselves because of their own self-worth. It has been so destroyed that they don't feel worth of any sort of kindness. 
or, or good treatment. But when she started directing it towards her son, started attacking his boundaries, well, my client freaked out and just cut her mom off completely. This has been devastating to her. The whole family's against her, you know, because the narcissist calls in their flying monkeys, which are basically unaware empaths who absorb the agenda of the narcissist and attack the narcissist's, I guess, victim. Um, totally attacked, totally isolated, totally cut off. Um, and she's devastated because as a child of a narcissist, the only source of any love or approval has been what she could absorb from her mother. And she basically, when she cut out her mom, that was her source of light. That was her son. That was her moon. That was anything she could count on or to call love her entire life, except her kid that, you know what I mean? Like that, that helped her. She just got it from somewhere else. And although it's right to do this, she's suffering. This is painful. It's bringing a lot of anger to the surface and a feeling of bottomless because she was never taught to connect to herself, only to seek it from outside sources. So when you cut out a narcissist or when you even have a confrontation with a narcissist or just a a minor agreement with your narcissistic parent, you can feel shaking, empty, panic, anxiety. It's horrific. And, and the children of narcissistic parents will do anything to avoid that. But that was her moment. Like she wasn't going to let her kid be the victim the way she was. Because on to my next point, the narcissistic parent does not let the child have any source of light, of approval, or connection to anything aside from themselves. Even God, like even in religion or something, um, they, they can get jealous of that, or teachers, or friends, or other relatives, even a flipping pet. I notice in narcissistic families, the siblings never get along. I'll see that the only person who can have a relationship with anyone is the narcissist. There's narcissist, you know, dad with the brother, narcissist dad with the sister, narcissist, you know, but nobody, no in between relationships. They'll cut out, they'll isolate the child's source of approval. And instead of teaching them to get it from their own connection with source and self, and their conscience, they are to get it from one person, the narcissist themselves. No one else matters. The next thing with children of narcissists, they're beyond sensitive. They're very insecure and they're completely unable to see themselves as good or worthy or lovable. They feel the need to be doormats, basically. And what does this lead to? Relationships, which mirror that. They unconsciously, they subconsciously attract similar relationships at work and in love for basically the rest of their lives. The thing is, and this is with all parents and children, like I said, the way that you are loved is the way you will continue to be loved, good or bad. Like I say, we don't do what's good for us. We do what's normal for us. It's that ego wanting to stay the same. So if we were trained to be doormats, that's what we will continue to seek out, even though we don't want it. And until we see the truth and start working on it in a spiritual awakening, it's going to be the same pattern. The way you have a relationship with mom or dad becomes a pattern for the whole world. If mom abused you in some way, you will find relationships, friends, and work situations where the same thing happens. And when you see it, it's mind-blowing. But first, you have to want to see it, and then it just unfolds. It is crazy how clear it gets once you look. It's horrific for a child of a narcissist to confront their own egos, their own choices, which have gotten them to places they'd rather not be because of the insecurity. They absorbed it from the narcissistic parent, the person who couldn't love themselves, the person who couldn't take any personal responsibility and avoided the truth with all they had. And and the child of a narcissist can recreate that. They were taught that their only value was to be a self-help coach for the parent. 
the good one or the person who just rolled over and took the abuse and that was their value, the garbage can. When your whole life you're treated like an accessory, it's hard to go out and feel like something else, something of intrinsic and independent value. It's hard and it takes work, but it can be done, but you have to see it first. When you were told your whole life that you are disappointing or when you do something for yourself is selfish or when you try to be successful on your own, I mean, like you just avoid that to no end. When your only source of love was based on how much you could make them happy by giving up yourself, you just keep doing that in every single relationship you have and with yourself first. You push a lot of your own stuff away, a lot of your own thoughts and feelings, and that's where you have to start reclaiming it in yourself with your own thoughts and feelings and not dismissing them and not judging them, just letting them come to you. I found that some children of narcissists who are still unaware do assist in their parents' grandiose behavior. And that spouses may notice this first. Like you can't attack dad. He's the best or mom is this or that. And she's just so underappreciated because people are jealous. They will support the genius of their parents and defend to the death any sort of critique to that. They have been owning this, you understand, their whole lives. It's hard for people to let that go and see that it's not them too. They have been using their parents' insecurities as their own personal thing they must uphold and protect. That has become their identity at some point, the protector of. It's hard to drop that. I had a client reach out to me that her husband didn't see how horrifically narcissistic his own mother was, how she manipulated everything, and he just went along with it. And although he himself seemed like miserable at how he was treated and how even it affected their own family and marriage, he would not talk to his mother about it. He just wouldn't. That he would not even take a moment to say logically and unemotionally like to his own wife, like, yeah, this is probably dysfunctional. Like he wouldn't even do that. I mean, here's the thing. It is okay to say that your parents like weird. <laughs> like it's to be like, you know, my family's weird. You know, that's normal. If you can say that, you guys can all laugh about it. Like that's normal. But there's something with the knee-jerk reaction is to not say it and protect it and don't talk about it. That's, that's scary stuff. That's really bad. Um, that's somebody not wanting to deal with it because there's a lot of stuff behind that door. You know, we all have tough families and someone who is so defensive of their families is usually an unaware empath dealing with narcissistic parents. And they were so taught to defend and shut down that they don't know any different. If you agree, if you agree with the narcissist you're loved, if you disagree, you are rejected. Now it's hard to watch your 35 year old husband do this as my client was saying, but I was telling her that part of him that she's seeing that's, that was her four-year-old husband inside. That's, that's his inner child. He is terrified of being rejected because the love of that parent has always been conditional upon his upholding of their own ego. And if he puts that down, he will be unloved. And he has not made the connection that he does not require that love to survive anymore. At four, yeah, he did. At 35, no, he does not. But that's the power of the narcissistic parenting. It creates this agreement in oneself where you do not disassociate the logic here. The reality changed, but that terrified inner child is cemented in that belief. So because of all this, they take that parental love and they apply it to everyone around them. They feel perpetually not as valuable in every single context of their life. So in jobs, they don't speak up. They don't ask for more responsibility. They don't self-advocate, you know, relationships and friendships. They are terrified, deeply terrified to challenge others. They tend to find narcissistic personalities to be friends with 
or have relationships because, hey, they know how to please them. They know how to be their friend or partner. Narcissistic relationships are more normal to them than people who aren't. That's a mystery. People who aren't narcissists, that's stressful for them. Thus, they they can feel more successful in narcissistic relationships because that's what they're used to. They are so unsure of themselves, these children of narcissists, that they can't make choices for fear. It's the wrong one, and they will be rejected by society, by life, by others, and themselves. They are super worried by what others think of them. They are very insecure and untrusting of love because they've never received it in a real and pure and unconditional way, the way that it's meant to be received. I had a client... And, um, he had an, you know, no dad, but a very narcissistic, abusive mother and, you know, not tons of therapy and stuff like that. But he revealed to me like his only, well, the dog came up in the reading is what happened. This dog that died and the dog came through, but the dog didn't come through. I mean, all dogs come through and they love you, but this dog was like, I don't know, like motherly to him. The dog obviously was passed. Basically turned out that he was so terribly abused by his narcissistic mother, just verbally and emotionally and spiritually constant, that the only happy memories he had was with that dog. Like he would go sleep with with her in the doghouse outside. If it weren't for the dog, I mean, he accredits the dog with saving him. He may not have ever known unconditional love if it weren't for that dog. And that mom was so jealous of that dog. She never let it come inside. It wasn't allowed to come in. Narcissists Can you imagine being so insecure of a dog? You know, like narcissists can't handle anything that takes the light off of them, even a little bit. When you take a step back and start to see this as a child of a narcissist, your whole life kind of falls into scope. It's so clear, but the light was off the whole time. You were in the room, you know, you were there, you were in it, but the light was off. And it's just like somebody just flips on the light and you're like, whoa, (laughs) it can be super overwhelming. And, and the thing is, is like, it, it takes time. It takes time. You can't just get over it. And because it happens so young to you, it's something that needs to be taken with a lot of patience and a lot of self-love. You have to give yourself time. It's not easy to go through this stuff. And as you do, trust me, more comes up. But as you grow and see it, and as you use your spiritual awakening to help you understand that the source of unconditional love is from within, that it's, that it's from that which is greater than us, you can see that you don't need that conditional love from the narcissist. And that's what the spiritual journey of this is. Actually, being a child of a narcissist and opening up to that and, and seeing where it affected you, you can actually create such a strong connection with your higher power. Your spiritual awakening can be extremely powerful. But it takes time. It takes time. And, and it's sad, though. You know, you mourn it. And you have to let it go, but it is a lifelong journey. It's, it's not easy, but it's worth it. And as it is with anything which brings you closer to yourself, it's hard, but it's worth it. And I find that many people who realize this are such benefits to those still going through it. They're, they're so wonderful to those who are needing encouraging words. Because I would say that the most horrific thing the child of a narcissist experiences is the feeling of isolation, of loneliness, and that they are never going to be understood or loved or seen. Just the fear of it being taken away from them. But guess what? You are so seen. You are all so seen right now by the light that is within you, by the light that holds us all in unconditional and abundant love. And I hope you feel that right now. I hope you feel that light shining on you 
and giving you abundant love right now. Hey, Scotty. Hey, hey guys. That 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 was intense. So I think yeah. uh, I think you know on a serious note, I think that'll help a lot of people. Uh, I think, like we said, a lot of people, you know, indi- especially the indigos and the blues, and they, they don't sometimes know their own feelings from others. And I think uh, this will. That, I think what you did today is, is fantastic. Well, I mean, just I mean, there's so much more you could go into it, but maybe just if you have you are that is you, or you know somebody like that, it can just be kind of an initial nudge to maybe just look at things in a different way. Yeah. All right. So I just, again, I just want to remind people uh, as we as we wrap it up here. Uh, please join the Mystic McCallow Spiritual Family on Facebook. Again, we're going to do a cool scavenger hunt in next week's episode, so we hope that you'll all uh, uh, join the group. It's a fantastic group, a lot of indigos, a lot of blues, a lot of uh, em- empathy in that group. If you, you know, if, a if lot you of need, purples too, a lot and of yellows, oh, and turquoises, yeah, yeah. and some st- a couple yeah. star seeds. Couple star seeds, yeah. We have a few star seeds. <laughs> we have our star seed crew. Uh, we got all colors of the rainbow. Yes, um, <laughs> but it is definitely a place where we, you know, people help each other, uh, and they're very uh, empathetic. Yes, absolutely. Thank you guys so much. This podcast is for you and about you, and I appreciate you all. You take care. If you want to be the most interesting person at the cocktail party, we'll hop on over and listen to the Brain Candy Podcast. Our award-winning content will have you laughing whilst you're learning. We read all the best articles, books, and studies and keep up with new TV shows, documentaries, and pop culture. Then cram it all into two shows a week. Conspiracy theories, cannibal rabbits, unsolved mysteries, the history of the Walkman. There's something for everyone. The Brain Candy Podcast. Find our link in the show notes. Or simply search for the Brain Candy Podcast on your podcast app.